Hello and welcome to episode 175 of the Starcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow gamer and co-host, James. Hello. James, I've, I've decided to give you the title of co-host because it's just you and I holding down the fort now. We can't get anyone else on the podcast. <laughs> They've abandoned us. It's just you and I that are keen to talk about games, apparently. Um, but I noticed, according to your Twitter, at um, Jams, uh, that you've been playing some uh, a Plague of a Plague Tale Innocence. Is that? Am I go- have I got the title right? It's uh, a Plague Tale it's Innocence, It's definitely right? close enough. Like, I know what you're talking yeah. about. So. Yeah, you've, you've been playing some of this game that I've heard plenty the about. Game. The rat, yeah. the rat game, okay, as we shall fondly nickname it now. Um, I've heard good things about it. Is this something that I should be looking out for as a potential game um, of the year contender? Maybe I've seen someone kicking that around. Oh, oh game of the year is a bit, um, a bit, a bit much, but <laughs> it's it's pretty good. And okay. um, you and I know we've spoken in the past about opening chapters with tragedies in them, and uh-huh. um, yeah. In a, I another, tend to get very emotional at this. In another certain game that I know that you really like. Um, <laughs> and I Fortnite. feel like this game does that way better. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to ruin anything, but I know that Shannon's experienced it. Brody's experienced it. And we've all come to an agreement. Um, the opening scenes in Plague Tale are very upsetting. Right, okay. So, Shannon and Brody have both been playing this as well. Yeah, um, I don't think right. Shannon's that far, because, you know, he doesn't play games, but um, <laughs> I know Brody obviously finished it for review, but yeah. Um, I'm only oh, about three chapters in, um, but it's uh, it's like a, it's really lazy to say it, but I do feel like it's a little bit like Last of Us. Like, you're playing as um, somebody who has to escort somebody else through, like, a really, like, a plague-stricken world. Um, uh-huh. It's a cool, different little dynamic, though, because it's... It's not as, like, gun-ho as, say, Last of Us was. Like, you play as this girl called Amicia, Amicia, Amicia or something. Um, right. And she's, she's like, a fr- she's like less than 18 years old. Um, and her, like, the idea is that she has to, um, like, escort her brother somewhere. I'm not going to ruin it. But, you know, um, mm. but you're very, like, defenseless. But she's got, like, a sling that you can upgrade that, that gives you a little bit of defense. But it, it's really, um, it's very stealth orientated but what i like about it is it's not like annoying stealth do you know what i mean like you don't get caught and then you've got to go repeat something like it's it Mm. feels like you can still fight back to kind of um what's the word just to just if you get caught like to get out of a sticky situation it's not just like an instant fail yeah Um, okay i find that a lot of stealth games get that wrong so that's kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of common though, right? Like, like in The Last of Us or Uncharted or Days Gone, which I've been playing a bit of, like you can approach things stealthy and as soon as you get caught, you can kind of go yeah, but all in guns the last blazing. I presume it's not all guns blazing. You're playing as like a grown guy with guns. Mm. Whereas in a game like this, normally where you're playing as somebody who is defenseless, like you will get caught, you die, that's it. Whereas like yeah. you have very very basic ways to defend yourself that makes sense in terms of the story. Um, okay. And that's what I really like as well is like... I follow. Yeah, the the story feels really accurate um, and appropriate. A lot of the stuff they talk about in terms of health, sickness and illness and stuff is actually quite accurate because um, mm. it's like what I studied at uni. <laughs> and it's just... Oh, I didn't just, that. Just, Yeah, it's just interesting how accurate it is. Um and I really liked, obviously, like, the, the plague, like, the rats and stuff. I, I don't think they were that violent, because you have swarms of thousands in the game. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, 
I just, I don't know. I, there's just something. It's got this really like unique character, charm, really strong atmosphere, um, and it's just got really, really nice character moments that you, you. And I think it's probably partly because I didn't expect it to be that good. Um, yeah, focus- well, it's one that kind of like flew under the radar altogether. Like there wasn't ever a big marketing push for this or anything like that. Like it just kind of came out of nowhere and suddenly like had a really positive word of mouth. Yeah, like this 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 publisher, like Focus Home Interactive, like they're like a little French publisher. Um, they're nowhere near as big as you know, like Ubisoft or something. But mm. they put out all those kind of middle, like B grade games, but they but they're all quite okay. They're not like obviously mind blowing, but mm. it's not like not every game has to be like a crazy big open epic open world epic or whatever. Like yeah, and I yeah. appreciate that they're kind of keeping those experiences because I did feel like as games get more expensive to make, these experiences are disappearing. Mm. Um, and I think that's why I like this game so much, is it's kind of just, just surprised me in like every way. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy um, the occasional kind of artsy sort of game as well that's not really sort of built for mainstream appeal. Yeah, um, I feel like it's like a, it's like a more involved... I don't know if this is Hellblade. Like, I think it's... it's Okay. Like, right, it reminds okay. me of Hellblade in that it's just got this really distinct idea and story and mm-hmm. really great characters. Um, and you can tell it's not quite as big budget as other games, but it's still really fun. Yeah. Um, music's great. I, I can't... Like, obviously, there's some things wrong with it mechanically because it is a... a janky yeah, kind of bro- game but like I just can't think of anything wrong with it like okay it's hard to that's, that's that's a pretty good endorsement I think uh, they'd be very happy with that um, I know Brody in his review kind of picked out that it's crafting was a bit problematic is that something that resonates with you at all I'm definitely not far enough yet for that to become okay. a problem so sure. far it's fine um, uh-huh. I'm sure if it is I'll find out soon <laughs> yeah um, yeah, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, like I said, okay. I just I'm like, I think I'm on chapter seven or eight. Right. Okay. I don't know, but like, yeah, it's 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 solid. Like, I don't know. I just really liked it. Um, so far. So. All right. I definitely Another think one like, people should give it a go if they want something different. Um, and they, they yeah. re- if you like story driven games, and you want something a little bit more interactive than something like I don't know Detroit or heavy rain or whatever like it's mm. it's, it's really good mm. i'm sort of feeling the, the craving something different i've i've been playing like a lot of apex recently and sea of thieves i've mentioned that in previous podcasts but this uh this week i gave days gone ago um i finally picked that up and i've probably spent like a three two or three hours with it at this at this point yeah. um did you play any days gone at all james no i never got around to it um no. it was just one, one okay I think I had to pick, you know, Days Gone or Rage, and then I got Rage, and yeah, I think yeah, I was, yeah. I think I'm a bit done with open world. That's probably also why I'm liking a Plague Tale so much. <laughs> like it's like yeah, a good that's palate cleanser. <laughs> that's where I'm sort of at as well. Because what I, I really, I'm enjoying Days Gone much more than I think I thought I was going to. I thought its flaws were going to sort of like jump out at me a lot more than they have been. Um, but. Uh, yeah, like I'm not hugely invested in the story. It doesn't. It it starts oddly. Uh, it's kind of paced a bit weirdly. Um, it doesn't do a good job of grabbing you or kind of developing much of a rapport with the characters. Um, I think, like in terms of its story, like the comparisons with The Last of Us kind of end there. Um, but uh, in certainly in terms of its gameplay um, and its presentation, I think there's a lot of similarity. Um, 
the world like feels like really dangerous and i love that about it um and i said talking to a friend that had played it and returned it and hadn't really enjoyed it um and his criticism was that like he just kind of hated trying to explore the world and kind of take it in and feeling like there was just like always a zombie about to jump out and grab him and i was like well i I think that's kind of like what a zombie apocalypse would be like right like you can't really sort of have the opportunity to take in the view because you know there's a bunch of the like living dead kind of roaming about um so i enjoyed that element to it and i enjoyed the bike it sort of handles like i imagine a motorbike would i've never ridden one so i'm maybe not an authority on that um but I've enjoyed the kind of like scarcity of resources as well and trying to keep it refueled and kind of thinking strategically about how you approach things. Um, But then I just kind of get a bit kind of frustrated with the open world nature of it. And it's like, okay, well, you can't fast travel from this location yet because there are these nests that you have to clear out and uh, you you don't have like the Molotov materials to effectively do that yet. So you might have to go off. And it's just like, it kind of comes like the kind of check boxes and hurdles and stuff you kind of get over got a crossover to just kind of progress through the game and i i don't know if i'm in the right sort of headspace where i want to do that yet um which is weird because i don't feel like i've played an open world game all that recently um but uh i'm just kind of craving something maybe a bit more immediate but that aside i'm really enjoying it i think the gameplay is great i love sort of trying to approach things stealthily um it's worth giving a shot, James. There's, like, a couple of, like, uh, camps I've come across where I have, like, uh, like human enemies to take out. And um, they've got, like, bear traps and, uh, like, tripwires and stuff all set around. And it's quite hard to, like, slowly but surely kind of separate them out and do the stealth takedown um, without tripping over something or getting your foot caught in a, in a bear trap. Um, there's, like, all of these kind of elements at play that you got to... Bear, bear in mind of and all the while i'm like being conscious not to like create too much noise to attract uh like bands of zombies around as well um i'm enjoying it i think uh i'll keep playing it and give you a better report down the line do you think it's something you'll ever go go james days gone it's just not like on my list <laughs> and yeah. um i just need to have i just need a break from like a I don't know, Rage really took it out of me. <laughs> like, Yeah, okay. And it's not even because Rage is bad. I just am like a little bit... Like if a new Assassin's Creed came out tomorrow, I even though I play them all, I wouldn't play it. I'm just a little bit... Like I'm at that weird point where I'm just a bit over like open world games. Mm. And, and I understand it is a bit different with the bike and the different enemy types and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like I just don't... I don't know. I just need something like really different, and that's like I said before. I think that's why I'm really enjoying a plague I tale. Get that. Yeah, because um, and, and the problem is like, and it sounds a bit wanky, but like I, I play so much. Like mm. I play almost every game that comes out a little bit, mm. and like most games do to kind of now skew towards that the the kind of game that Days Gone is mm. in terms of your open world and stuff, and that's just. I don't know. Been there, done that. I'm just no, gonna you know, pace, pace it a bit. Like I need, I need to like play The Sims for like a few weeks or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I think, like, I think part of the struggle for me as well is that, like, like I said, I've been playing a lot of a lot of Apex and something that's like quite adrenaline inducing. Like even see thieves at times. Like when you you come kind of we come across some enemy players or whatever, that can be a bit stressful. But it's more tranquil. Um, but with Days Gone, like it's kind of an open world game that 
I wish I could just kind of switch off a little bit more and just kind of mindlessly sort of progress through it. Like if, if I'm doing checkboxes, I'd kind of, again, it's like not a weird, it's a weird thing. It's more so like circumstantial and, and sort of separate from the, the critic in me. Um, but I would much rather just kind of like where I'm at the moment, just kind of progress through it and just kind of mindlessly sort of do these things in between the story beats rather than like feel constantly stressed that something's out to get me. Like, I, I think that's like the critic in me is saying, Hey, that's an amazing sort of atmospheric achievement for this game. But then the other part of me is like, I just don't need that stress in my life right now. Like I just yeah. kind of could do with, you know, some bright colors and some happy music. And I think that's why Sea of Thieves has been so appealing for me at the moment. Cause it's just kind of happy go lucky. And you just, I'm there with my mate and we're just kind of sailing around between, quests fighting skeletons digging up treasure chests and we're playing like sea shanties and doing going fishing on the way um that's the kind of game that's kind of calling to me more at the moment but that being said i'm i'm enjoying days gone enough that i'm going to persist with it and hope that that hook kind of sinks in and maybe i'll be all invested and don't really care about the the dangers around every corner anymore so to speak plenty of games to look forward though james uh what did you want to talk about this week um what did I want to talk about? Oh, I thought we would talk about um, the rumoured George R. R. Martin game that he is working on in collaboration with From Software. As in From From Software, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's apparently going to be at the Xbox E3 um, event thing. And yeah. I so remind think- me all the details behind this again. Like, what like what does the rumours specifically involve? He like put a blog post out or something about. Yeah, so um, basically, um, I think it first came out that there was like a rumor that he was working on a game with From Software, and that it would be revealed yeah. at E3, um, and then it might be called uh, what's it called, um, Great Rune. <laughs> um, but I think George R. R. Martin himself like posted on his blog that he consulted on a video game in Japan. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's just a bunch of things coming together. Um, yeah. And then the stars sort of seem to be aligning, right? Like Sorry? even the fact that the yeah, stars uh, sort yeah. of seem to be aligning, like even the fact, I think it was like codenamed GR. And even that sounds like a sort of reference to George RR R. Martin. Um, but yeah, it's kind of come out in the last day or so that that stands for great rune. Um, but certainly the rumor seems to be that he's still attached to it. Yeah, so um, I just think it's interesting. It's a, it's a, I think it's unprecedented this kind of partnership or like, um, um, I'm, yeah. I mean, I guess we had like Guillermo del Toro working with Kojima, but that's kind of like someone from like a director kind of collaborating on a game. I guess I don't know if there's been like a like very well known author that's there must have been right. Must be no one we've Yeah, but I, I just think it's interesting. Um, it's going to be uh, the, the rumor is that like it's a it's a game that's set during the Norse era, so it's like centered around Vikings and obviously um, steps already potentially trodden on by a god of war. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and maybe Assassin's Creed, which is interesting. Like everyone's going Norse now. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm all like, about I just that. we need more Vikings. I, yeah, I guess Vikings. I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> We might have already kind of gone there a bit too much before, maybe, mm. kind of. Um, but yeah, like, what, what do you think? Yeah, what do I'm you exa- want from a game like this? Like, did you play? Did you play Sekiro? 
Uh, I've not played Sekiro, no. I've played <sighs> um, the Dark Souls games and I've played Bloodborne, um, but I've not played Sekiro yet. Um, they're not really games for me, I'll be honest. Like, they're just... Uh, yeah, I just don't have the patience and the confidence that one day I will eventually be well, that good at the game. Say, yeah, I know, I get that. And I've I've read some stuff recently about like people kind of eventually kind of turning that corner and I, I had that with Bloodborne to a certain extent. Like I played Bloodborne when like I think it first came out. Um forgive me if I've spoken about this before. Um but it like it didn't it didn't click with me and I must have like left it on my shelf for like a year, the better part of a year. Um and I had a friend over and he'd been traveling for a bunch and missed it, but was a big From Software fan. And it's like, oh, you've got Bloodborne? Like, can I can I play it? And I'm like, sure, dude. And he jumps on, he plays it, and he he gets those like those From Software beats. And so he kind of picked it up and got to the first boss and beat that and progressed through it some more. And I, I watched him play it, and I was like, okay, I think I I think I get this now. I think I get how you kind of approach bad guys. And from that, I, like, was able to kind of change how I played it and progress further in the game. And eventually it clicked. I got the appeal of it. But not so much that I've gone back and ever beaten a From Software game or, yeah, picked up Sekiro yet. But um, this excites me because I'm, like, obviously a big Game of Thrones fan. My my initial sort of thought when it was, like, uh, revealed that it was going to be, like, a high fantasy sort of game um, or, some, or some sort of fantastical setting, I was like could it be in the Game of Thrones universe? Like, would that be a possibility? Um, I don't know how you feel about that, James, but I assume that's I think, not going to be the case. Yeah, I don't think it will be, but I'm also a little bit... I know there's one shitty game made a while ago, um, and then obviously the Telltale one as well, but I'm surprised mm-hmm. they haven't kind of capitalised on that a little bit more. Um, yeah. But that's another topic, I guess. But um, I think, like, obviously, like, kind of dovetailing nicely from what we were talking about before. Um, the rumours do talk about this not being like a kind of full open world game in this, but there'll be like, if it's something unique, but not necessarily um, you know, like like Bloodborne or Sekiro, like something its own thing, that would be pretty cool, I think. Um, mm. The problem is we don't really know enough, but this is like our first major potential E3 leak, so I think... There's a lot yeah. of eyes on it. <laughs> it maybe, maybe it'll be uh, what opens the floodgates. Um, hopefully, I'm so keen. For, I'm, I'm so, like E3 is what three weeks away at this point. I'm, I'm so weeks? keen for awesome. yeah. Like it's, it's real close. By the time this this uh, podcast maybe comes out, maybe it'll be about two weeks. Um, but yeah, we're getting closer by the day, and I'm excited for that. Um, I'm the Norse thing excites me though. I forgot to mention that because I obviously loved God of War. Um, and God of War had very kind of like Soulsborne elements of combat to it. I think as well that it would be kind of cool. I was just like, uh, the other day I was just dreaming again about like how goddamn good God of War's combat was um, and I, how much I'd love to experience something like that again, uh, which I think they could very much pull off, obviously, from software. Um, yeah, I, I think what could really benefit with this game from at least like George uh, Martin's like collaboration on it is like the kind of lore building. Because um, obviously, like uh, from software do that a lot in their games. They kind of like do the, like, the little tidbits of lore, kind of, uh, you know, kind of little bits you yeah, pick up around like, the world, the things you can read. Like, if you contribute to that, that could help out. They didn't have many much problem doing that. <laughs> so, like... Yeah. Yeah, so what's he really going to kind of contribute? We'll see. 
We'll see, we'll as see. we always say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was keen this week to talk about um, all the sort of PlayStation news that's kind of been emerging over the last week or so. Um, there's a few pieces to the puddle here, but I guess, like, the overarching question for you, James, is going to be, like, what do you think is PlayStation's game plan for, like, the next couple of years? Um, we'll start, I think, with, like, the technical comparison demo. So there was, like, a big investors meeting where a lot of this information came out of. Um, and they showed off, like, a technical comparison video comparing the load times between the ps4 and the next generation place playstation um which is running it, it's uh running ssds instead of like a traditional sort of hard drive um and it was like vastly vastly different did you see the videos like comparing the speeds uh yeah i did and i was trying to like do a calculation based on time but it looked like it was like eight times faster based on like my rough kind of calculations it was yeah, crazy so my thing with this is, is like, yes, you can load <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, I like a game that's spec'd for the actual hardware. Mm. Will that load as quick? Like, I understand what they're saying with SSDs and it's kind of, mm. this is just skeptical me um, kicking in. But like anyone who's been on PC for a while will be able to like you know sing you the the glories of ssds and how how they will make things faster but, yeah, like i yeah. i feel like they were trying to be a little bit like wow look what we can do and like anyone who doesn't really understand ssds or like what they are um will be like wow but like i feel like they were kind of pulling the wool over our eyes a bit with that video yeah um <laughs> like i don't know I could be wrong, but no, I, I know do you what you mean. See like where I'm coming from, like it's I yeah, don't know, it's I, like a little bit disingenuous to be like, yeah, it'll load quicker, and then it's just Spider Man, and it's all because of SSDs. Like, cool, but also there's all other factors that might also make a game load quicker. Or true, I yeah, don't know, hundred percent. I think I'm I think a lot of it could be like down to here, optimization. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we'll get to this in a sec. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's like down to like optimization to, to an extent though, right? Like the games for the PS4 are sort of built with the the idea that they're running off a hard drive, whereas games for the, yes, the next generation PlayStation are kind of optimized for SSD and it's also like taking into account, you know, it's, it's processor and everything. We're on the PC sort of ecosystem again. It's kind of like, okay, it, it kind you can optimize it with NVIDIA or whatever you're using as best as you can, but it's kind of having to fit the bill as best as it can, right? Um, that being said, like, I, I don't have an SSD in my computer. I mean, I've got one that runs operating system, but it's not big enough to store my games on. So I've got, like, a big 2-terabyte hard drive that I store all those on. And But my some of my friends have been smart enough to get SSDs cheaply and put all their games on that. And when I'm playing games online with them, they'll be, like, talking about like loading into the game already whilst I'm still like on that screen. Um, so there is like a noticeable difference there. It, it probably wasn't at the same extent that PlayStation was showing off in the investors meeting, especially the kind of the shot that they have where it's like just kind of moving through Spider-Man's New York incredibly quickly. Like I, I don't really know if we'll see a difference quite like that. I mean, I can't imagine there's a character ever moving through a world that quickly anyhow. Like, maybe in a creative mode, perhaps, but I, I, yeah, I don't really... That might have been a bit exaggerating, but 
Obviously, I think skipping load schemes is always a benefit. One point that like I totally didn't even think about that you kind of just made me realize. I think that if mm. a developer can say, okay, we know every single person has an SSD in their PS4, they can set up yeah. a game to like I guess stream a bit quicker. So which means obviously they can make a say a faster moving. Yeah. Um, Maybe like, we won't have a generation of like third person over the shoulder action games where we have to crawl through small cracks while the rest of the game loads. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the thing. Like I think that I was think developers playing Days to... Gone that happened again, and I was like, oh, really? oh my god, we've had <laughs> yeah. we've had God of War, The Last of Us, like all of these games have been doing the same mechanic. I get th- yeah. I get that it's got a technical reason, but like it it just it stands out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think developers will be able to do a little bit more knowing that every console will have an SSD in it. I don't even, I don't even think about that that's yeah. a good thing i think but obviously that yeah. video um yeah yeah that wasn't <laughs> like, that wasn't the know. point they were making i guess i mean we weren't in the room listening to the conversations and so i don't know but uh yes. the other thing the other things that had come out from it were that um the, the ps4 is to remain the sort of engine uh, of engagement which was their words not mine uh and profitability and profit sorry let me start again the ps4 will remain the engine of engagement and profitability for the next three years like big business jargon that is um but that is to mean uh, as they've confirmed that the last of us 2 part 2 death stranding and ghost of tsushima will all be coming to the ps4 and that there might be some element of like cross-generational play between the ps4 and the next-gen PlayStation. Um, that's in addition to the backwards compatibility that the PS5 has in terms of playing PS4 games. This is a bit confusing, a bit of back and forth there. Um, but it, it kind of seems like there's going to be a transitional sort of period between the two consoles. James, do you think that's the case here? Um, is a transitional be- period the right way to describe it? I don't know. That was me just sort of thinking on my feet. Yeah, I think that they'll have... Like, obviously, with, say, PS3 to PS4, like, there was still... would I mean, would we have... Are we going to be looking at something like that, where games would come out on both for a while, and then mm. eventually they'll just stop? Um, I think the problem... And it must be really hard for some... Like, for Sony... I think they're at, like... Isn't it, like, 90 million PS4s sold? It's a, it's a staggering amount. I think it's something like that. Yeah. It's something... Yeah. Um, and... Like, so how do you, like, get the, all those people now to go and buy a PS5? Yeah. Um, uh, it must be like, and then, but then also you you want to keep supporting your PS4 because so many people have bought one. Like, I, I think it must be, they must be in like a really hard position of like, how much further do we go in terms of making new projects that work on PS4? Um, mm. But then also making sure that we're, supporting ps5 to make it grow as much as as much as the ps4 did you know yeah um yeah i don't even know like where you begin with this kind of stuff and like i just think it was it must be so hard to even work that out um but i would say yes they've said those three games are ps4 but i would also wager then also going to be on ps5 as well Mm -hmm. um Especially I, if it's launching as soon as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's not the first time as well that we've had like some some games kind of exist on both platforms. Like I'm thinking of um, like Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I think did we yeah, talk about that Black recently? Flag, was on Watch both. Dogs, Wolfenstein, New Order, yeah, um, yeah. Sony games. Um, but then and, maybe the jump from PS4 to PS5 won't be as much. So the 
the difference won't be as noticeable. Who knows? Yeah, and and maybe <laughs> the sort of period with which they exist on both might be more drawn out. Um, I, I personally think, like, just cut it off and focus on the new <laughs> stuff. Make everyone, <laughs> make everyone realize they're missing out and, you know, make it worth buying again, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I don't know if that's a good business idea, business savvy <laughs> idea, but that's just how I feel. I'm very yeah, passionate. I, just, I, like, people still buy 360 games. Like, that's fine, but, like, mm. move on. It's done. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think it's I think it's fine for sort of um, the PS4 to sort of like kind of tail out a little bit. Like every every product's got a life cycle, and and that's kind of not quite a bell curve, but a similar sort of shape, right? Where it sort of has its big sort of peak uptake, and it, it kind of trails out for a while afterwards as it slowly sort of dies off. Um, for the record, James, I just did a quick Google, um, and as of April, they were at about ninety six point eight million consoles sold. Um, that's according to Endgadget uh, back in April. Um, so yeah, almost at the hundred million mark, which is insane. Um, and I think like what they're trying to do with this kind of messaging is sort of dissuade concerns that the PS4 is gonna like be in its final year. Because um, yeah, there are so many consoles out there, and there's so much money still to be made, and there's still people buying PS4s as well. And undoubtedly, there'll be more people buying them uh, in the lead up towards Christmas again. I just um, think like. Um, it just reminds me of when Nintendo, Nintendo's still like, yeah, the 3DS is still going, and it's like, there's like one not game really, <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. like you say that, but it, yeah, talk is cheap, or like, like the Vita for the like what felt like ten years, yeah, like, <laughs> it died several times. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think, move on. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I think out of I think it's like a sign of res- I think they're trying to show respect to their consumers that have invested so much time into it that they're not kind of giving up on them too soon, and there is reason for them to keep on their PS4. Um, I think they were kind of like trying to describe this as a sort of like migration sort of period or something like that. I, I like I, I need to dig it up again on the article that kind of summarized everything, um, but I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, hey, let's like have these games exist on both platforms. Let's have this cross-generational play. Um, it's almost kind of like the PS4 Pro in a way. I think like the PS, the PS5, if that's what we're going to call it, the next-gen PlayStation, um, in that it will be like a, maybe a more substantial technical upgrade, but not necessarily kind of make you feel like you instantaneously have to upgrade, if that makes sense. Like, okay, you know, my PS4 is still good for another three years. Um, I was really excited about The Last of Us and Death Stranding. That's still coming out to this PS4, so I don't have to get the PS5 now. Um, but where you might have, like, a, a friend that's, like, got the cash to spend and they will care all about the latest and greatest in gaming or whatever, they're like, I'm going to buy the PS4, the PS5 as soon as it comes out. Um, they'll be, like, those early adopters that are like, I have to get this right now where people can, other people can sort of take their time and there's, like, a three-year-ish period with which they can sort of take their time and not have to rush on over. It's maybe a different strategy. I don't know if anyone's really sort of tried that gentle transition in quite the same way. Uh, Nintendo, maybe. Oh, no, it's different. Yeah, yeah. No, it's different. I don't know. You were just saying that they weren't supporting the 3DS, though. Oh, no. They, I feel oh, like they, they committed to the Switch pretty hard once that came out. Yeah, but no. no. I, Nintendo's not a good example. Xbox definitely, like, I feel like when um, Xbox came, when 360 came out, they dropped Xbox pretty hard. Mm. 
But then I think Xbox One, when that came out, uh, they dropped 360 pretty quick too. I don't know. It's hard because you kind of got to like drum now. up excitement for the new console. And yeah. it's hard to do that without feeling like you're turning your back on the old one. That's a, that's a hard line to walk. Another that's question hard. for you then, James. Do you think Ooh. that this kind of strategy that they're going with, this what they're shown so far of the next generation PlayStation, is going to be enough to kind of fend off the threat posed by Google Stadia? Uh, big question it's too early to say that <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't even know anything about it like really yeah <laughs> they've just given I, us we, a, I think we've, we've touched <laughs> a, like a bunch of floaty specs and it's like cool like but I suppose I suppose it, I think this like, this service will be important like what exactly uh, the next generation of the PlayStation Network looks like and what PlayStation Now and stuff looks like I think that'll all be important um, the physical I guess, like, the physicality of it, like, its technical specifications um, might be redundant as a factor. Um, that's assuming that everything that Google Stadia says it will do, will it will be able to pull off, um, which very much is still up in the air, so to speak. That was not a reference to the clouds, but it maybe should have been. Um, and I guess the other thing with, like, Google Stadia, right, is, like, it's not coming to a lot of markets at the moment. Like, there's no word of it coming to Australia, for instance. So Sony are going to be able to sell PlayStations here pretty comfortably while Google Stadia ain't going to have anything for us. Right? You know all they have to do is make the PS5 work with PS4 games and you're set. That, that's that's what they're doing. That's exactly what well, they're like, doing. Yeah, but just make it like as... See, I know that they reckon that's what they're doing, but there'll be some weird catch. But like, I just think, just let me chuck my discs in, let me download my digital copies. If it's as simple as they claim... Yeah. They're set because they're launching with all those great, great games, plus the new ones, and Stadia will have none of that. You know, yeah. And if it comes in at a quote appealing price point as well, that'll be all all the merrier too. Yeah. Um. And you know what, James, just release goddamn The Last of Us Part Two. Just give us a release date for that, and I'm on board. I'll I'll buy whatever I need to buy to play that goddamn game. Just I don't really care. Hurry up about that, but I would release it. Appreciate that you do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we know what the wiki this week is. Obviously, it's just James and me. So, with that, let's bring an end to what was episode 175 of the Startcast. Subscribe to us on the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au. Join the conversation with hashtag the Startcast and visit the site, of course, at press.com.au. We've been joined today by James. Hi, it's still me. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, at Jam, so it's A-T-J-A-M-Z. Uh, and I have been your host, Ewan Roxborough. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ewan underscore Roxborough. Um, I got a Stranger Things Lego set today, which I'm very excited to build. Uh, I'll probably be posting like status like pictures of that and then obviously the final product once it's all done and dusted that's going to be my task for for this this weekend (laughs) (laughs) thanks again for tuning in until next time happy gaming bye